everyone. It's Gloria and welcome to season four, episode six of Misf Independent. Today, I'm joined by my friend, Sunny. We will be chatting about lifestyle creep, what it is and how to avoid it. We also get into how advertising affects us as consumers and possibly contributes to that hedonic treadmill that goes hand in hand with lifestyle creep. Hope you enjoy. I am here today with my friend, Sunny. Thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, Welcome to the show. Why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself? Hey, Gloria. Thanks for having me. Um, My name is Sunny. I'm 27 years old. I work in advertising. And um, do you want a fun fact, Gloria? Yes. Is it too early for me to plug my mixtape? Or should I save that for the end? You can plug your mixtape if you want. I got a mixtape coming out in May. So... um, (laughs) Look forward to that. I sure will. Mm -hmm. All right. So my first question for you is, what is your relationship with money? Um, My relationship with money is a lot like my relationship with women, where it was very non-existent for a longer than I wanted, but I'm feeling better about it recently. (laughs) 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 So (laughs) I'm so glad. (laughs) Right. So I feel like, you know, I I'm at the point in my life where I uh, also I'll focus on the money, all the money aspect. I feel like I'm at the point of my life where far, far along enough in my career where um, I'm starting to think more about saving and investing. Whereas, you know, when I was younger, a few years ago, it was really just more focused on how to spend this, you know, money after being employed for the first time. So now that I'm a little bit farther along in my career, I'm I'm starting to, you know, think about it maybe a, a little bit more like an adult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that it's important to have a good balance between spending and living your life and also mm-hmm. investing for the future, right? Because you don't want to retire. Yes. Or- no, 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 no. And you, you know what was a big help? in um, me thinking about it more maturely, the Miss Independent podcast. Really? I'm so glad. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think like, it, especially in terms of being like, wow, yeah, I'm at the age where I need to actually start thinking of it more maturely. And like, at the very least, having goals, I think is important because I think you're somebody who has very like concrete goals. I don't know if I have as concrete goals, but um, the idea of like, yeah, I should be, I should be treating my finances is something to like, you know, grow over the next few years. Yeah, for sure. So today's topic is lifestyle creep. And lifestyle creep is a phrase that came up more and more when I started looking into the personal finance community and the personal finance blogs a lot. Like before, I had never heard of it. Have you heard of it? No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Before I told you. I'm a, I feel like it's something that like you've talked to me about. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, as yeah. like in the context of like, we should talk about lifestyle cre- creep on my mm-hmm. podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like when, when did I first hear about lifestyle creep? Probably, probably in your, in your list of topics. Yeah. So what does it mean to you? What do you think it is? From my understanding, it's really just the idea that as you, as you make more money, you just start spending more and your lifestyle kind of changes and you end up not saving as much as you might think um, when you start, you know, getting further along in your career because, because of how much your lifestyle ends up changing and, and that can kind of 
happen without you noticing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's called creep because it creeps up on you, Mm -hmm. but it's important to note that there's nothing wrong with spending more when you make more money, because this is money that you've earned and Mm -hmm. you deserve to spend it in whatever way you want. But I think that it just becomes an issue when these things that these luxuries become necessities, so to speak. So I think from one point of view, it kind of makes them less luxurious to you. And also the issue with it is if you don't end up saving enough for your retirement because you're spending so much. And it's kind of like if you have a stable income and you're not saving much money, like it's kind of an indicator that you might be a victim of lifestyle creep. Mm -hmm. So would you say that this happens to you? I kind of think I had like a lifestyle like jump scare where I <laughs> where because at at some at one point like the biggest light like change in my lifestyle was like moving downtown and having to pay for rent and stuff like that. So I think that kind of um you know very large increase in um you know lifestyle spending then made the smaller, maybe more conscious of the smaller creeps, right? Because I went from saving money to like not really saving money all at once. Um, and just being a bit, and that kind of made me start being a bit more conscious of when stuff started creeping up and trying to, you know, actually make sure that the increases in my salary were going towards savings a bit more. But as much as like you might think, you know, as your salary increases, like all of it's going to go to that. When I first started living downtown, I thought that would be the biggest jump. And, but then you realize, you know, oh, maybe I don't want just Ikea furniture, or maybe I don't want to just eat at, you know, the, the same restaurants I've been eating at. As you get older, you just kind of start living a slightly different lifestyle and you, the ability to afford stuff means that it does kind of just creep up on you. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like there's small things because like you mentioned, not eating at the same restaurants, you're like, oh, like, let me try this new restaurant or like, let me like order this more expensive thing on the menu. And then before Mm -hmm. you know it, like that becomes your regular habit. And whereas before it was like, oh, my gosh, like this is like a treat, you know, and now it's just like Mm. this is part of your regular life. And I think that's kind of when it becomes a little bit more concerning. Like, I think for me, I I never really, like, kept track of my credit card bills. And I would just, like, pay it off, like, every month, like, how you're supposed to. And I just never really considered how, like, it increased over time. And I was just mm. like, eh, whatever. Like, this is just bills that I have to pay. And then I looked at it and I was like, wow, like half of this stuff is like Ubers before I would just like always walk, Mm -hmm. um, take the TTC. Mm -hmm. You're like, I can afford this. Like, this is fine. But then it's like $200 a month on Uber. And I'm just like, this is. Oh yeah. That's a great example. Yeah. Uber's are definitely the biggest lifestyle creep that I noticed. Mm-hmm. And at one point I was like, I should really cut it down because yeah, you, you, you really just, 
it's like, oh, it's a it's a five dollar Uber, it's a ten dollar Uber, and you can kind of justify it as, mm-hmm. well, I was going to spend three dollars on the TTC anyway, so it's just seven dollars more. But if you do that a few times a month, and then that turns into like a lot of times in a year, yeah, that does start eating into um, eating into your bank account, and yeah, it's it's such a small thing because usually when you're Ubering, it's it's for convenience and you kind of like need to, but you can really get into the habit of mm-hmm. just, you know, not, not taking into account the time to TTC because you're like, well, I could Uber. That's, that's yeah. such a lifestyle creep that, you know, I definitely wouldn't think like that five years ago when I had a lot less money because, <laughs> um, you know, ain't nobody got Uber money. You know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> So, yeah, I think that's a great example of, and that's a very real example. As soon as you said that, I was like, oh, yeah. Pre-COVID, I was spending way too much money on Ubers. Yeah, yeah, me too. It's it's crazy. And on top of my, like, Go Train and TTC expenses, like, I was just like, this is, this is not okay. Mm-hmm. I know. And sometimes it really does snowball or kind of get exponential where, you know, you start eating out at restaurants more. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, oh, well, instead of doing Ubers, once a week. Now I'm doing Ubers three times a week because I'm eating out three times a week and I want to get home quickly afterwards. Right. So mm-hmm. it, those expenses can, can kind of start really adding up as you, as you kind of change your lifestyle. Yeah, exactly. They go hand in hand. Yeah. How do we avoid lifestyle creep or keep it in check? The biggest thing is just being conscious of like where you're spending. And I know we talked a lot about, you know, how we don't necessarily budget, but yeah, you should at the very least be tracking your expenses. So even if you don't have a specific budget, you should be very aware of like how much you're spending on even something as simple as like, how much am I spending on like Ubers? You, it's Everything's online. You can check it really easily. Or how much am I spending on restaurants? One thing that I started doing is I just tried to get all my expenses on like one credit card just so that it was easy for me to like have a look at like what I'm spending as opposed to like kind of splitting it out between two different credit cards and a debit card. And that was just the best way for me to actually have a look at how much am I spending on Ubers or how much I'm spending on restaurants and stuff like that to just see what, if that's increasing or if I'm, if I'm managing it well. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good point. Uh, So I did that when I had a good credit card, but now I don't have that good credit card. So I have like one credit card that I spend groceries, gas, restaurants. And then my other credit Mm -hmm. card is like 1% cash back and everything else. So I just use that for everything else. Yeah. 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 Yeah, So I I think that it's it's a good way to keep track of everything. And then you can just Mm -hmm. like log Mm -hmm. in online and be like, oh, like, how's my spending? What's what's happening with that? I think it's also important to just be mindful of your wants versus your needs. Because like I mentioned before, when these luxuries become necessities, that's when I think maybe you should reevaluate if these things really are needs, because oftentimes Mm. they're not. And I watched this YouTube video that was like, happiness doesn't come from like material possessions. And I was just like, okay, like this is... (laughs) 
this has become like such a cliche now i feel and Mm -hmm. it's true to a certain extent like i think that you need to be like privileged enough and have like a base level of income and asset base to be able to say that because when you're like struggling to like put food on the table like money is so important but anyways so yes to avoid lifestyle creep When you get that promotion, I think it's so important to treat yourself and celebrate your achievement once you've made sure all of your bills are paid, of course, but then go back to your previous spending habits and kind of treat everything that you do that's a little bit above and beyond your regular spending like as a treat and then you will appreciate it more and also potentially, I Mm. guess, keep it in check so that it doesn't become like out of control it doesn't become regular invest your extra money i think that's also really important i was talking to a friend the other day and he was telling me that i should be investing every single week because i do it on a monthly basis like i have auto deposit Mm -hmm. monthly and he was like no like do it every week so you go in and check your accounts and like see what's going on and i was like Mm -hmm. that may not be a bad idea i think monthly is probably more manageable for the average person yeah Yeah. But if you can do it weekly, then I think weekly's fine. Yeah. Like it's just a matter of making it part of your habit. Yeah. Because it doesn't take very long. Right. Another thing that I saw online was you should save 75% of your pay increase until you're saving at least 20% of your annual income. That was kind of a rule of thumb Mm -hmm. that I came across. And I was like, that's a pretty good idea. But if you want to fire, if you want to achieve five, that should be like 50% of your annual income. Right, 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 right. Okay, so let's do an illustrative example with numbers. So say you earn $60,000 a year gross, but in Ontario, you'll be taxed around 24%, leaving you with around $45,000 per year after tax, which is about $3,750 monthly and you're able to save $1,000. So that's 27% of your income that you're saving on a monthly basis. But then you get a raise, and now you're at 75K, which is 56K after tax, $4,600 per month, and you're still saving $1,000. So that becomes 21% of your income. And if you wanted to save that same 27%, then you would just have to save $242 more. So a total of $1,242 per month. And then that would push you back to the 27%. That was your savings rate before. And $242 is not that much considering the raise that you got, right? So I wanted to just put this into perspective and show that with the incremental income, it's very possible to increase that savings amount without taking a hit to your lifestyle as well. Yes. And since Sunny works in advertising, I thought mm-hmm. it would be really interesting to talk about how marketing and advertising plays into this, this yeah. kind of culture of when you earn more, you're entitled to spend more and then almost spend to an excess. Like, I feel like that's kind of how our society is. Yeah, totally. I think advertising, the fundamentals of that have been true for ages, right? It's just that, you know, before when companies had like a specific product, 
they would want it to target it to like a specific type of consumers, right? Like let's say business professionals. And before it would be, you know, okay, business professionals, well, they're probably reading The Economist or watching CNN. So we'll advertise there so that we're reaching these people who are in this higher income bracket as as they kind of get more wealthier. Now with advertising, the fundamentals are true. It's just companies have a very specific type of consumer that they're trying to reach. But because you're spending so much time online and so much of your data is online, it really just means instead of, oh, we think they're watching this, it's, oh, let me just target people in this income bracket or with this job. That really just means the advertising you're seeing is probably more relevant and less of it is kind of just like static noise that you're ignoring because the ad's not relevant to you. So over the past however many years as digital advertising has increased, ads are a lot more targeted and it, it, it can really seem like you're getting more advertising for products that are specific to you. So that definitely, I think, does play a factor in potentially spending money on things as you as you kind of start increasing your wealth. A lot of digital marketing has become a lot more aggressive too, in a way. Yeah. For example, I was on a website. I don't know. I wasn't even like mm-hmm. thinking of buying anything. I was just like browsing and I I might have clicked something into my cart and then I got an email saying like you forgot this in your cart and I was like no I didn't. I just didn't want to buy it. Right, 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 right. St- especially stuff with e-commerce is going to get so targeted and so specific because you're actually purchasing stuff online, right? And that's mm-hmm. even even more so than, you know, the 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 advertising you get to go for brick and mortar because they can essentially follow you around um, until you purchase something. But I'm assuming you didn't end up purchasing it. No, I didn't. And then I (laughs) like went on this whole like spree of deleting my cookies and Mm -hmm. deleting Facebook Messenger, (laughs) downloading Signal, like (laughs) turning off my Google ad preferences. So now my Google ads aren't targeted to me. It, I really went down a rabbit hole. Yeah. And that's, and that's fair. I think depending on which country you're living in, the, the specificity and the amount of data that companies have on you is, is going to kind of be, kind of be a bit different, but and the other thing on top of ads being more targeted is that we're spending more time with media and content than we were before, right? Because before it was just TV and magazines and stuff like that. But now because we have our phones with us all the time, there's a lot more opportunities for us to see advertising. So I think the fact that ads are more targeted, that you're seeing more advertising, I think part of that is, you know, consumers could be convinced to spend more. I think part of it's also just consumers do have a limited amount of dollars. So it's also just means advertisers are fighting harder to get you to spend. So I don't think it's Advertising is necessarily the biggest thing that's increasing spending, but it's important for consumers to know that they're being advertised to and and so that they're making informed decisions when they're with their dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. How can we avoid being targeted by marketing? How can we avoid being targeted by marketing? Yeah. I'm not going to tell you guys. I work in advertising. (laughs) I don't want you to avoid that. No, I I mean, I think the only way to avoid advertising is, you know, get your YouTube premium subscriptions and, you know, avoid social media and stuff like that. Like, I think you're going to get some level of targeted advertising. And I think you've always had some level of targeted advertising, right? Like even when you were watching TV, you know. Based on the channel channel you're watching, the ads are different, different, stuff like that, right? So 
I think you're going to get some level of targeted advertising. I think that what people are concerned about now is like how detailed the level of targeting is yes. like by Google and by Facebook. Yeah. And I think a lot of the responsibility, like I think a lot of the responsibility of that is with obviously like tech companies. I think different governments have been able to handle that differently. Like in the EU, they have like GDPR and a lot more laws in place to limit the types of data because they're going to have data, but like the types of data that they can actually use for advertising. Mm -hmm. Whereas in the States, it's more lax than in Canada and they can get much more targeted than we can here, right? And it's a lot more specific. So I think in terms of how to avoid it as a society, I think a lot of that is kind of on on the companies and the government in terms of how they obviously deal with that. Um, in terms of like on a personal level, hmm, let me think about that. <laughs> on a personal level, like it's really hard because for example, stuff like remarketing, if you've provided your personal information for their CRM data, then I think it is kind of hard to avoid remarketing lists and stuff um, other than just like opting out of emailing. Unsubscribing. And unsubscribing. And that's that's the best you can do. And then um, again, just making sure you're aware and as possible of like the apps you're using and what data they're sharing. But I think a lot of that's really difficult because you can't expect every consumer to read every terms and condition of every single app they're using. So I think it's hard on an individual level to manage. Um, that's probably a bigger, bigger question for society. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. One thing that you can do though is go to your Google ad settings and uncheck the personalized ads. Like that's something that you can do. That's something that I've mm -hmm. done. And also on Facebook, there's a similar setting where you can control your ad preferences you have to like really mm -hmm. find it though because it's not easy to get to like I think I like went on this website and I was like following like very detailed instructions on how to get through settings to like get to that ad preferences setting because like they don't want you to find it no and you know as somebody again who works in advertising you don't want us to buy it. I'm like, yeah, I'd like, yeah, no, I don't think they they necessarily want you to to find that stuff. And again, I, I have very mixed feelings because I think as long as it's you know consumers are aware of how personalized their ads are. Yeah. What's your biggest missed investment opportunity? GameStop. It's GameStop. We all should have invested in GameStop. <laughs> Oh my God. Although somebody did message me about GameStop. I feel like my group chats were starting to talk about it. Definitely before it jumped up. The day before it jumped up to $300, people were like messaging and stuff about that. I probably wouldn't have invested even if I had that investment portfolio set up or anything, just because I really didn't know anything about it until a few days later when, when it was everywhere. Like stuff like GameStop or... You know, Bitcoin, I think, was the other example. But I think for stuff like that, it's the missed opportunity is more, again, just not paying attention or reading up as much of that because I am a very, I'm a bit more of a conservative investor in that, like, I don't really have, I, I kind of have my like TFSA portfolio. And that's the main thing I've been investing in. So, I mean, I don't think my personality is to be as risky an investment, but, you know, at least testing it out a little bit. 
in the future. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's a good hobby to have, like just to have some play money and see what happens. Mm. The more that I invest in individual stocks, specifically small cap stocks and things like that, they have a lot of growth potential and true a lot more risk. And also I was reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Mm. Robert Kiyosaki kind of drags on mutual funds and I would say index funds as well to say that it's not the path to being super rich because the returns are like the average of the market. For example, the S&P 500, mm-hmm. like that average between 1957 to 2018 was around 8%. That would help us build a retirement portfolio by the time we're like 65 of over a million dollars if we're regularly contributing from when we're in our 20s. But that's not really how you actually get like really rich, you know? Oh, yeah. Billionaires probably aren't just investing all their money in just ETFs and mutual funds and stuff, right? But they probably have a lot more tools and resources to do better in stock markets and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. For regular people, the opportunity to get like 100 times gains, they're there. You just need to spend the time to like look into companies. Well, I think it's also just like people don't have time to do that, right? Like I think for like you and I, we're we're still in a position where we could do that. But I think the average Canadian or average American or whoever probably doesn't have the time or resources to do that. And that's probably like the bigger issue is that because of income inequality and we, we don't really provide the resources for poor people to elevate their wealth. Right. And I think that's kind of true in like stocks and in a lot of different facets of society, because yeah, I think it's not like it is. Yeah. You can really take the time and, and learn stocks and, and try to try to do that. But I think the average person just doesn't really have the time. And that's where like, yeah, they're pushing ETFs and mutual funds, I think as a way for more like, Hey, that's the only thing a lot of people have resources to do is that Mm -hmm. right. And a lot of people can't take the risk of building their own portfolio. That is a bit more volatile because they have, yeah, they just don't have the, the capability to gain that wealth back. Whereas yeah, really wealthy people, can do that because they can take on risk and there, there's a lot more ability to take on risk, which means that they'll, they'll probably end up wealthier in the end. It's what's the expression for that? Is, is it like a poverty trap? It's kind of like the whole thing of, yeah. you know, rich people could buy nicer shoes once a year, whereas poor people will probably need to buy shoes more frequently. So they might end up spending more money on shoes just because they can't get their foot in the door with, a nice pair of shoes. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was a good analogy. <laughs> yeah, no, it's the analogy yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, I do, I do. It's yeah, it was from a book. Yeah, yeah, you know that <laughs> analogy from that book. <laughs> that yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah, so I think like it's just it's it's a societal yeah. issue. It's a societal issue, man. This is let's turn this into a socialist podcast about how we need to redistribute wealth. <laughs> Yeah, that's a great idea. I think we were always very aware of increasing wealth inequality, right? But I think the past year of the COVID pandemic, the fact that rich people really have continued, but most rich people have continued 
or most of the upper classes continue to make a lot of money, especially you look at like the stock market and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, it really does seem like there is less, there is less even like feigning of like pretending to try to help the average person. And again, I think obviously as Canadians, we, we a lot get a lot of spillover of from um, the States when, when we're talking about these issues, but I think it also applies in Canada as well. Um, I, I mean, at least we had some, you know, more resources provided during the pandemic in terms of checks and stuff, but still, I think it's, it's, it's become even clearer, like the growing gap between like the very wealthy, which is essentially what we're talking about and, and everybody else. So yeah, rage against the machine, Gloria. Yeah, constant, constant rage. So that brings us to the end of our show. Sunny, thank you so much for joining me. If people want to find you on the internet, where can they find you? Yes, you can follow me on Instagram, Sunny Gillable. Don't post about finance or advertising, uh, but I, I'm dropping a mixtape. So if you want to listen to an amateur rap album. Yes. (laughs) um, Yeah. And uh, yeah, Gloria, give give me the cosign. How how good is the rapping going to be? A hundred emoji, straight fire. Very excited. Perfect. Um, I think this is where I'm announcing that I'm dropping a mixtape. May 28th. Oh my gosh, you have a date. No, it's my birthday. I'm going to drop it on my birthday. (laughs) (laughs) My birthday's on a Friday. Drop it a mixtape. I guess I'll post a song by the time this comes out. So that people get a little flavor. Perfect. Get a little flavor. And I will link it in the show notes. Oh, for, yeah. Link link my SoundCloud. That that doesn't exist right now. I don't have a SoundCloud right now. But it will. But it will. That's going to be my goal is drop the SoundCloud link in the show notes. And this is me announcing the mixtape. There you go. Yeah. Look at that. Some cross promotion. Speaking of promos, Gloria, as somebody who works in advertising, I think we should um, let's workshop some some ads. Let's get you... Let's maybe just do some sample ads just so get advertisers me sponsored. Yeah, yeah, get you sponsored. Get you sponsored. So I'll, I'll try to come up with some good segues. I haven't, I haven't written any of these yet. Um, just some popular podcast ads. Okay, so say you're talking about, let's, let's just use this episode as an example, right? You know, oh, lifestyle creeps. You know what else is creepy? Me undies. Go to... Gl- <laughs> <laughs> Go to me undies slash misfit... <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's my me undies ad advertising. Um, oh, Sunny, it, it sounds like you you found a job that you really like. To any of my listeners who want to find a job, you can go to ZipRecruiter.ca. I don't know if ZipRecruiter has a Canadian. Have you heard ZipRecruiter advertising? I have. Yeah. How was that segue? That was really good. That was pretty good. Okay. Okay. So say somebody talks about their job, you can be like, oh, that sounds like a really interesting career. You know where my listeners can get find an interesting career? Go to ZipRecruiter and use the promo code Misfit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for 10% off. Let's go. For 10% off. You can't do that right now, but in the future. Okay. I got I got I got one more. Say you do one about taxes. I will do one about taxes. There you go. There you go. And be like, to anybody who needs to uh, send their taxes by mail, you can go to stamps.com. Go to stamps.com for all your stamps <laughs> needs. <laughs> How about that? Do do what about ta- like next time you do that? These are all just samples. You, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah.
As the aspiring Miss Independent, this is Gloria signing out. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. And if you're using Apple Pods, please toss me five stars. It would help me so, so much. So see you next time. Until then, stay healthy and grow wealthy.